Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. I am Andy Harris and with me as always, my co-host, Matt Kritzberg. Hey Matt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing a lot better than the farm teams for the Atlanta Braves did on Sunday. Yes, um, it was quite the uh, universal shellacking that the uh, that the affiliates got, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to go run through these real quick for those who don't know how bad things were yesterday. Uh, we'll start in Augusta, where they lost games by the scores of 9-3 to and 13-4. to Rome didn't fare particularly well either. They lost 12-1. to which was not even the biggest deficit of victory yesterday. Mississippi had one of the better days. They only lost 10 to 5. <laughs> and then there's Gwinnett. Uh, they scored nine runs, but unfortunately they gave up three touchdowns uh, and lost 21 to 9, which if you total all that up, um, they were the Braves affiliates were outscored 65 to 22 for a minus 43 run differential in one day. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> it's one of those days. And at least it was on getaway day. <laughs> yeah. Well, each of those only counts as one L in the loss column, though. So that's the way I'm go- I've am i decided to look at it. And I hope they did, too. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that Gwinnett debacle. They got off to a, a poor start. Mike Soroka uh, started that game. And um, he got – it's hard to describe that start. I mean, obviously, the box score looks terrible. And if you no doubt asked him, he said he would say he was terrible. But um, I don't know. I finally got around to kind of watching a little bit of that start. He really wasn't hit that hard. Yeah, he, he didn't get a lot of help. I mean, only one of his runs was unearned, but it – could have possibly been more than that. He didn't get a whole lot of help from his defense. Now, granted, he gave up 10 hits in three innings, but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't as, it, not quite as bad as it seems. And I looked it up. I mean, the wind was blowing out to left field 16 miles an hour yesterday. So I'm sure uh, the wind was probably playing some havoc with some of the uh, hit batted balls. But yeah, it's still not uh, a great showing overall, especially considering the fact that uh, there's an open spot for the parent club on Friday night for a starter and Soroka was being looked pretty heavily at that and now you got to wonder is he the guy that's going to be starting that game or not i'm gonna say yes and i say yes because of a couple things one if you do look at their line score there is one big bright sign in that and that is zero walks that has been something that has been afflicting soroka especially early in games and he had that pretty under control and the other one was as we said before um the fact that nothing was hit hard off of him, right? It was uh, ground ground ball, ground ball hits. It, it was a lot of uh, dinks and dunks. You know, there was nothing there that made me think, okay, he's he doesn't have any more. His stuff still looked pretty good. I mean, they were making contact on it, but it, was, it wasn't hard contact on basically any of it. Um, there was maybe one hard hit ball, and that was the last... Uh, hit off of him. Uh, it was a, a Spencer Hortz double in the third inning uh, that scored two runs. Uh, but other than that, it's 
ground ball force out that brought in a run or a single on a ground ball past the third baseman. Um, by the way, Joshua Fuentes, pretty solid first baseman, probably shouldn't be playing third base too much. <laughs> I know. In that game yesterday, he was playing third base, and I forget who was playing first base, but somebody who probably should have been playing third base, <laughs> placing people all over the field where they don't need to be. Yeah, I mean, I get the idea that they want to showcase the versatility and because you never know if you have to get called up. And you know, Yeah, Joe Dunand was playing first base. Yeah, and, and he generally a, plays a lot of third base. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so they they were trying to gain some versatility for the players, but yeah, I mean, just look at the diamond. D- Joe at first, uh, the um, the uh, middle infielder swap from their usual spots, Braden Shoemaker at second, and Luke Waddell at shortstop. Uh, ideally, that would be f- switched, but they had them playing slightly out of position. Fuentes, like we said, at, at third base. But that infield was not set up for Mike Soroka's success. Should uh, Soroka maybe have tried to go for more strikeouts? You know, maybe he was knowing him. He was trying to pitch to contact. You know, in order to get out, get double plays and things like that, and it just didn't happen for him. I, I think he is going to get that start on Friday. I don't think there's anything necessarily in this performance uh, to make me think he couldn't start at home um, against the Orioles. Yeah, and something else to keep in mind, too. He's been going a long time between starts. Uh, for his first couple starts of the season, he went a solid week between starts, six days of rest doing each one. And then for this most recent start, he went 11 days between starts. I mean, we had 11 days of rest going into this start on Sunday. I, mean, I don't care how many simulated games and other uh, ways you have working around it. That's just too long to go between competitive pitches. I know he's only probably got a, so many bullets in his gun this season, but you just can't do that and be able to expect to be ultra competitive the second he steps on the mound after not having set foot on a, on there in nearly two weeks. Yeah. And, and if this sounds like we're making excuses for him, we're not, not really trying to do that, but the fact is they're going to need a starter on Friday and the choices are basically Soroka or um, Jared Schuster who had pitched the day before. And quite frankly, I thought, he was hit harder than Soroka was, even though his line score is moderately better. Yeah, Dylan Dodd's also an option. I mean, he pitched on uh, Friday. Uh, he pitched on Friday, Schuster on Saturday, and neither one came out of their starts particularly well. Uh, Schuster, nine hits, uh, four runs, and two home runs in four innings of work. Dylan Dodd gave up six runs in third and three innings. In fact, they all came in the third inning, and he gave up a home run as well. So neither one of them acquitted themselves and trying to put themselves ahead of the pack as far as who to get the start to. I, I think Sirocco will get the start as well. It'll be a good situation for him. It'll be at home. Uh, and uh, Hopefully it'll be good weather, and we'll see how things go from there. I don't know what happens to the rotation from there because you can't carry six starters, especially when you're in the midst of playing – I think it's going to be after, since the rain out yesterday, they'll play for like 10 straight days. So they're going to definitely need all their bullpen arms. So we'll see if maybe uh, Bryce Elder gets the uh, option back to Gwinnett for a period. Yeah, that that's a possibility. Not, not really fair, but that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, Elder has been pitching very well. And uh, unfortunately, Gwinnett staff ace, Alan Winans would not be available. Oh, so it should be. Um, that would that would be the obvious call, right? 
Yeah, Alan Winans, uh, staff ace, did get one appearance this week. It went very well for him, uh, four shutout innings. So you never know. He might be the guy. They just put him in the front of the line ahead of everybody else. One, a, a guy that's on uh, rehab assignment, Rasiel Iglesias, he's looked pretty good in two outings so far. And they've said they're not necessarily going to need him to do back-to-back days before they activate him. Yeah, I think the... Um, uh, I think the options are going to be either activate them tomorrow when they hit Miami or wait until Friday when they get home. So I mean, it's going to be one of the two. The bullpen could really use him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as we've seen. Uh, I, I wouldn't be terribly shocked if it was tomorrow after the showing they had in New York today. <laughs> um, a little bit of bad news to relay from the farm. Uh, unfortunately, um, two players, it was uh, they were put on the – injured full season list, which is exactly what that sounds like. Uh, one is uh, relief prospect Austin Smith, a guy um, I think we were both kind of interested in seeing what he would look like in Mississippi this year, but he just never could get going. I think he pitched like a third of an inning, had to come out of the game, and, and he, they've shut him down for the year. And then catcher for and first baseman Ryan Castile, who um, had a real lengthy showing in spring this year, um, a 12-year minor league veteran, kind of was hoping maybe they would give him the uh, Sean Kazmar treatment and bring him up and, <laughs> you know, have have our own, uh, what, what's the guy in Pittsburgh's name? Um, oh, uh, I know the guy you're talking Dick. about. I mean, he... I think he's what, 33 years old and never hit the major leagues until a few days ago. Yeah. Castile's been in the majors, uh, in the minor leagues even longer. Right. So it would have been almost exactly kind of the same situation. I was wondering if they may be setting that up, um, but uh, that's not going to happen now. Uh, Castile out for the season. Yeah. Because you also have to wonder, let's say if, uh, what, what was the depth chart between, um, before let's say Sean Murphy, Travis Darno, Chadwick Trump, uh, Castile could have easily been next in line after that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll start off in Gwinnett. Gwinnett had an up and down week, um, and we'll see this with Mississippi as well. They had a bunch of low scoring games early in the week. Like in Gwinnett's case, they lost uh, their Tuesday game by two to a score of two to one. Then they won Wednesday two to one. Uh, Thursday they won six to one. So a lot fairly low scoring games. But then the weekend came, and so did the uh, offense. The, they over the weekend uh, we mentioned the game earlier where they lost twenty one to nine on Sunday in that Mike Soroka start. They won nine to six on Saturday, and then they lost on Friday nine to two. So a lot of offense for the weekend. Pitching wise, uh, obviously we mentioned Soroka, Schuster, and Dodd did not fare particularly well this week, and even the ones that did pitch at least slightly well, uh, Bo Burrows and Nolan Kingham, they didn't go very long in their starts at all. Uh, Bo Burrows only pitched three and a third innings. Nolan Kingham in a bullpen game only went three innings in his start as well, and then the other start, uh, World Champion Ty Tice got a. But I guess you'd call it a start. He, he was all, it was always designed that he was going to pitch one inning uh, and gave up a run in that one inning. And then Rossell Iglesias came in and pitched the second inning uh, by design, and he pitched brilliantly, as he did in both of his appearances for the week. Uh, three up, three down, got a strikeout and a couple of ground outs. In that particular game where Tice pitched the first inning, Iglesias pitched the second inning, Alan Winans came in by design and pitched the next four innings after that and uh, pitched uh, four 
shutout innings. And that's one of the games they actually won for the week where they won on Thursday by a score of six to one. So they didn't get a lot of innings out of their starters this week. In fact, uh, Jared Schuster's four innings, nine hits, four runs. That was the longest start by any Gwinnett starting pitcher this week. And the bullpen, uh, some up, ups and downs. Obviously mentioned uh, Rossell Iglesias, who very well could not be done pitching for Gwinnett. But uh, you had some other pitchers, too, like uh, Yaxel Rios. We talked about him for the last few weeks. Had one really good appearance for the week on uh, earlier in the week on Wednesday where he got a save and a scoreless inning. But then on Sunday, he gave up a run in, a, in one inning of work. Of course, on Sunday, everybody that came into the game allowed runs. So uh, he would, it was just one of those days. But uh, going down the line here, Grant Holmes, um, we continued to talk about him, and he's done very well for himself. He's probably not the next guy in line, but he's had a very impressive season. A couple more appearances where he wasn't scored upon, pitched two innings in each appearance, and racked up four more strikeouts and a win as well. You kind of wonder if he's going to be kind of in that uh, Seth Elledge, Michael Tonkin area where he's kind of the veteran guy who's going to helps to lock down the bullpen, but could be on the periphery of being called up to Atlanta at some point. Look, Also looking at Kyle Wilcox, uh, he's been doing very well ever since he got promoted from Mississippi. Uh, had two scoreless appearances earlier in the week, but then uh, on Sunday he got beaten up pretty badly as well. Uh, gave up two runs in his uh, lone inning of work, and that was the first time he'd been scored upon since his uh, promotion to Gwinnett. Only other guy uh, worth mentioning here, uh, Rodery Munoz had one really good appearance where he pitched two scoreless innings, but then on Sunday, like everybody else, uh, pitched one inning, gave up three earned runs, and gave up a home run as well. So like we talked about earlier, let's just wipe the slate clean and we'll start again this week and hopefully they can all start new scoreless streaks. Yeah, we named our um, all-April team for the Braves minor leagues, um, and there was a some Gwinnett stripers on there, obviously. Yaxel Rios was our choice for relief pitcher, though we never really consulted on this. Um, there was a that was a tough one to choose from. Alec Barger had done really well for Mississippi and Landon Harper and Augusta and some others, but man, Yaxel Rios is just on fire. Yeah, and I've seen some uh, rumblings of people like, why, why haven't they called him up yet? Um, but the big problem with him is he doesn't have any options. So once you call him up, he pretty much has to stay up because let's say if you bring him up for an appearance or two and try to send him back down, somebody's going to snap him up in a hurry. So he's unfortunately he's not going to be at the front of the line to be called up unless they, there's like a real serious injury and they need somebody who needs a pit in the late innings of a game and some uh, high leverage situations. Yep. Yeah. I just, I don't know who they send down right, right now as, as, Difficult of a stretch the bullpen is having right now. There's really, I don't see them replacing anybody at this point. No, and one of the few guys they have that has options, Nick Anderson, is definitely not pitching <laughs> in a manner that you would think, oh, we got to send this guy down. Right. All right. Uh, looking at the offense, uh, there's a there was a few guys who uh, contributed this week. Uh, Braden Shoemake, not a lot uh, going on there. Like he was five out of twenty four for the week, but he had uh, a double and two home runs. And he started to show some more signs of life with his bat, particularly against left-handed pitching. And as long as he stays healthy and keeps putting together these numbers, he's going to start looking a lot more attractive to be called up to Atlanta at some point. But it seems like that um, Orlando RC is probably fairly close to being uh, healthy again, and Von Grissom will be probably moved back down after that, and then they'll be back to swapping positions and swapping time at the different at, uh, between second base and shortstop. Luke Waddell, uh, not much going on with the bat there. He was just uh, four out of 19 for the week, and I imagine he'll be moved back down to Mississippi 
when the time comes to when uh, Von Grissom comes back from his injury. Yeah, the Waddell hasn't like embarrassed himself either. Um, yeah, I think it's been a pretty solid first AAA exposure for Waddell. Yeah, and um, I think it's always designed that way. Like he'd probably just be here for a few weeks and then he'll go back down again. But yeah, that, I think that's probably the key all along. Just just don't embarrass yourself. You don't want him one fifty with a four hundred OPS and go back down with that on your conscience. Uh, for the rest of the offense, uh, Nick Solak was sent back down from Atlanta this week. Um, once Eli Whitehead was it? No, I can't remember who it was. That, uh, Michael Harris was. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. When, uh, Michael Harris returned uh, to the lineup. Nick Solak uh, came back down to Gwinnett and uh, fared pretty well. Four out of thirteen with two doubles, a home run, and four RBI. And uh, our old friend uh, Hendrick Clementina had a solid week as well. He was four out of seven and had a uh, monstrous home run for the Gwinnett Stripers. Does he have any other kind of home runs? No. <laughs> he does not have any fence scrapers, that's for sure. Well, it's like I mentioned a while ago that a lot of our Low-scoring games early in the week. Uh, first games of the week, they lost uh, on Tuesday, four to three. One on Wednesday, four to two. One on Thursday, two to one. But then you got to the weekend and you got to the higher-scoring games. Early in the week, a uh, lot of great starting pitching for Mississippi. Allen Ringel, uh, six shutout innings on Tuesday. Uh, this is by far his best appearance of the year. Uh, gave up just two hits, no walks. Uh, struck out five over six innings of work. And his old bugaboo, he did not give up any home runs. So um, that was a very, very good appearance for him. Uh, unfortunately, on Sunday, it went the opposite direction. Um, he pitched two in the third innings, gave up five runs, um, only had one strikeout and two walks, and gave up a home run, which is the thing that always seems to get him in the end. But uh, one good, one bad start for Rangel. Now, one guy that's been having a really good year so far for Mississippi is Tanner Gordon. Uh, I believe he's had four starts now. Three of them have been really good starts, and this one – he went five and two-thirds innings, three hits, no runs, struck out seven and walked one, um, and always efficient. He uh, did all this in just 87 pitches, so really good showing for Tanner Gordon, and he seemed kind of seems like he's kind of taken over as the uh, mainstay of that staff. Yeah, this follows a pattern where Gordon, where he struggles initially uh, at a level, maybe even for a month or so, and then seems to... Um, Seems to correct himself and then and then uh, starts um, excelling. So he kind of did the same thing in Rome, and I won't. And the Braves seem to enjoy moving him up at mid seasons, like have some early success, move him up a level, let him let him struggle, and then the following year he kind of uh, comes out uh, strong. Yeah, he kind of strikes me as it's like a Nolan Kingham type. He's going to have a pretty high floor, but I mean a pretty low ceiling. So uh, I think he'll continue to have success at the double-A level, and the, the true test is whenever he does get moved up to triple-A. Yeah, the the lack of stuff is concerning, though uh, it seems like he might be throwing a little bit harder this year. Yeah. Uh, another guy had a really good start, too. Um, he'd been up and down uh, between Gwinnett and Mississippi and had good and bad starts this season, but Domingo Robles had a really good start for Mississippi on uh, Saturday. Uh, got a win. Uh, gave up two runs over six innings, but even that with uh, only one of the two runs was earned. Gave up just three hits and a walk and struck out eight over those six innings of work. So a lot of really good uh, starts from Mississippi. Rangel's Sunday start was the only one in which any 
Mississippi starter allowed more than two earned runs during the week. Yeah, I really like what I've seen from Robles. Um, I, he's, I don't think he's any kind of starter long term, but you know he's he's got some stuff. He's got some life on the fastball. I, I would be surprised if he gets an opportunity as a major league reliever one of these days. Yeah, he had started off the season at Gwinnett, but I mean, he was always, I think, ticketed for Mississippi, but due to mm-hmm. um, having to get all the pitchers, um, Dodd and uh, Schuster, up pretty early on for Atlanta, that they had openings, and Robles was kind of drafted to fill in one of those openings and got hit pretty hard. But uh, I think he's found his level here at Mississippi, and hopefully he can continue the, the good work he's doing and earn himself another opportunity down the line. Agreed. All right, uh, looking at the relievers, uh, Trey Riley had a really good week. Two scoreless appearances, no runs allowed. I mean, obviously, but uh, kind of weird. He didn't strike out anybody in two innings, but he walked one, but uh, kept the damage down to a minimum. So, uh, nice week for Trey Riley. Um, Thank you, Dr. Jekyll, this week. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Let's stay away from Mr. Hyde for a while. Alec Barger, um, n- another nice week from him. He's been really good for Mississippi this season. Uh, got two appearances in back-to-back days and earned saves on, in both of them with a scoreless one-inning outing in each one. So uh, nice work from him as well. Going down the line here, Victor Vodnik had a couple of appearances for the week. Um, one was bad and one was meh. <laughs> he had one where uh, the overall outing numbers don't look good. Two innings, three hits, three runs. Um uh, two strikeouts and uh, two home runs allowed. But I believe in that when the first inning was pretty clean. And then the second inning is where everything kind of fell apart. And he had a second outing of the week where he pitched an inning and a third, gave up two hits and a run along with a strikeout and a walk. So a little bit, just still the ups and downs for Vodnik, but I'm just hoping he stays healthy. And I think he can write uh, this at some time because he just hadn't had a lot of healthy stretches. And I think some of this stuff will correct itself as he uh, moves along and stays uh on the mound. Uh, looking at, oh, Jake McSteen had a really nice week. Uh, had two appearances. Uh, first one, he uh, pitched a clean inning with a strikeout. Second one, uh, pitched two scoreless innings, and he also earned himself a save during the week in one of the games that Barger didn't pitch. So, uh, nice, uh, pretty nice week for the Mississippi bullpen. All right, going into the uh, for the position players, uh, or OFR position player of the week, uh, Javier Valdez, the catcher, he only played in three games during the week, but he made the most of those three games. Uh, he was seven out of 12 with three doubles and three home runs, uh, which gives you a batting line of 583, 615, 1583 for the week. So uh, congratulations to Javier Valdez. A really, really nice week with the uh, and made the most of the opportunity he was given. Uh, going down the line here, uh, Cody Milligan has been uh, out with an injury this week. So Andrew Moritz took over in the leadoff spot. And he got on base a lot uh, during the week. Uh, obviously, he didn't uh, create the havoc that uh, Cody Milligan can, but uh, he just got on base and got, made opportunities to score some runs. And I think he believes it has a, currently a seven-game hitting streak. So uh, pretty nice work in, the, in that position there. Yeah, he started the season on the developmental list. And uh, I don't know, seems like he might have taken that personally. <laughs> Very well could have. Cade Bunnell, he had one of these Cade Bunnell weeks. He was 6 for 24 with two doubles, two home runs, a couple of walks, 11 strikeouts, and five errors, including three in one game. So, uh, I mean, he hit 250 and had a 891 OPS, but a lot of uh, subpar defense. So, very interesting week on his. Yeah, to be clear, the errors aren't really typical Cade Bunnell. I mean, he's... 
he's not going to, you know, impersonate a gold glover or anything like that, but that he's usually pretty shorthanded and, uh, that's, that, that's a, that's a pretty awful, <laughs> awful line <laughs> defensively. Uh, I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty good week at the plate though. Yeah. Uh, Drew Logbauer, uh, congratulations to him for hitting his 50th home run as a Mississippi brave. He hit that one on Sunday. Uh, and he had a pretty good week. Uh, I know we've had he's had a couple of really rough weeks here lately, but he was five for fif- five for fifteen on the week with two doubles, uh, that home run, and four RBI, and had a OPS of over a thousand for the week. So a nice uh, week for Drew Lugbauer. Justin Dean uh, got double duty this week because he got some time in at Gwinnett and uh, didn't do too badly there. I mean, he was a uh, two for five with a couple of walks, hit hit by pitch, and had a stolen base at Gwinnett. Then he moves his way down to Mississippi, kind of the uh, chain reaction when Michael Harris was activated. <laughs> Nick Solak came in, and they needed to create a spot, so they moved Justin Dean down to Mississippi. Um, he was 3 for 12, but he had a double a home run and two outfield assists uh, for the week. So I hate to see that he got moved down to Mississippi, but he just absolutely got caught up in a numbers game at Gwinnett. Um, they got Eli White, McNair, Sierra, and Nick Solak in the outfield along with uh, Forrest Walls. I mean, he was already the fifth outfielder at Gwinnett. So, yeah, so Take he just ten. absolutely got caught up in a numbers game, and there just wasn't room for that fifth outfield there. So, uh, hopefully he can come back down to Miss- impressive Mississippi and get bumped back up as uh, opportunity presents itself. Yeah, unlike last year when he started the year in Gwinnett and then was sent back down to Mississippi, last year he just looked overmatched early on in Gwinnett. This time he wasn't hitting great in Gwinnett, but he definitely was not overmatched. And uh, if there's a if there's a spot opening again in Gwinnett, I imagine he'll be the first guy called back. Yeah, because you got I mean you got a lot of uh, 4A types there, and none of those guys were going to get moved down to Mississippi. Uh, they, they're kind of AAA veterans, so yeah, unfortunately that's just the way the cookie crumpled on that one. And uh, for the roughest week of all for any Mississippi Brave, it'd be catcher Arden Pabst. Uh, it was 0 for 11 for the week with 10 strikeouts. <laughs> and he did get hit by a pitch, so he did get on base one. So, uh, unfortunately, that's a pretty rough week, and hopefully he can right the ship next week. Yeah, I can't imagine having him as my designated hitter. <sighs> <laughs> rough week for the fantasy team. <laughs> All right, moving on to Rome. Uh, they visited Greensboro this week and um, had a lot of rain, especially over the weekend, but they did manage to get all six games in uh, thanks to um, a doubleheader and then a doubleheader with uh, one of those games canceled that got moved to another. Anyway, they got six games in. Uh, Rome is now 8-12 and 12, uh, on the season, um, and they come home and face Bowling Green yet again um, on Tuesday. Uh, they got a nice start from Ian Mejia, two runs and six innings. Tyler Owens had a pretty nice spot start on Wednesday. Um, That's the first time he's made a start uh, in, in a game since last May. He allowed one run uh, on two hits through three innings. They struck out four, looked, looked really solid. Yeah, wasn't that, uh, wasn't that a game of a doubleheader? No, I don't. Oh, mm, no, I don't. No, it was a Wednesday. It was just a regular game. So um, it'll be interesting to see um, what his usage is going forward. But as always, the story of Rome this year pretty much is uh, AJ Smith Shaver, 
again, a dominating start, um, five innings, struck out six, only allowed two base runners, one hit and one walk. And then uh, Jonathan Hughes came in and cleaned up the final two innings. It was the it was the uh, uh, first game of a doubleheader on Friday, so it was only seven innings. So um, A.J. Smith-Sarver with the pristine 0.00 ERA for the month of May. Um, it was only four starts, but um, boy, the uh, the Braves have to be thrilled with what they are seeing from him early on. Yeah, and and he's still young for the level too. I mean, it's not like they're in any hurry to move him on up to Mississippi. I mean, I'm sure they they've got things they still want him to work on. But I mean, what, he's what 20 years old, and high A. So yeah, I don't yeah. think he's. I mean, I think he's still going to be there for a while. You would think so, but you know how the the Braves like for players to force their hand. Um, and it may just be that if he continues to show that he's so much better than the level, then they may have to, they may have to move him just to try to get him a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't have imagined this. I, 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 I'm with you. I thought he was ticketed for Rome pretty much all season, but I could, I don't know, maybe if, if he's still looking like this through, through another month, I think I think they're gonna move him. They have they'll have to challenge him. Yeah, I mean you you don't learn anything just from dominating hitters that you're so much better than their abilities. Yeah, um, offensively it was um, it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, really, uh, Nacho Alvarez is just uh, as he has all year, getting on base, just really good feel for the bat. I mean, I, it's hard to believe this this guy's only still 19 years old and will be for at least a few more weeks here. But um, six for 15, uh, nine walks, seven RBIs. He has such a good um, approach with runners on base right now, even though he hasn't hit for a lot of power. He's the guy I think in the organization right now that if if there was a runner on base and I needed a base knock to win the game, he's the guy that I would want at the plate. Oh yeah, you know he's going to make contact. <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam Zabrowski continued his good work. He's he's been good for several weeks now. Um, two home runs um, on the week, five for twelve. Um, also, finally starting to see some guys that were off to a slow start uh, start heating up a little bit. Brandon Mosquito was ice cold uh, the first uh, couple weeks. Last week, he um, started getting going a little bit, 4 for 14, and then hit a home run. Uh, you're seeing Geraldo Quintero start heating up a little bit. So hopefully the Rome offense will be a little more consistent than they've been early on. It seems like... Um, if um, if uh, Nacho Alvarez or Adam Zabrowski aren't doing something, then the offense wasn't doing something. But they, they, hopefully, they'll get some more contributions at a steadier pace here. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, better weather, at least warmer weather, will help that too. It's just it's hard to gauge hitters a lot of times and, and pitchers early on the season when you're playing games in forty and fifty degree weather. And hopefully, the Warm weather will help that out, although we would also like some drier weather. Speaking of the weather, uh, it was a wet and wild uh, week in Augusta. They managed to get in eight games over the six days of the series. 
despite numerous postponements due to weather. Um, in fact, as uh, you mentioned early on, they ended up playing a doubleheader on Sunday, getaway day, which, you know, it's it was in Columbia, South Carolina, so it's not like the bus ride was that far, but it was a uh, wet and uh, nasty, but uh, they made up both games that got rained out in the opening series at Columbus. So uh, unfortunately, they only won two of those eight, so their record is now 7-13 and on the season. We talked last week a little bit about their offensive woes. That pretty much uh, continued this week. Uh, the standout performance was first baseman Justin Janis. Uh, he um, had a really nice 444, 474, 556 week. Um, not hitting for a whole lot of power. Had a couple doubles, uh, but has just been basically on base. Uh, and also... Defensively, he's been very steady, which has been nice considering um, the rest of the uh, Augusta infield defense can be an adventure on occasion. <laughs> Outfielder Ethan Workinger, I think, um, seems like he's worked himself into a full-time role at this point. I think he started out kind of sharing some time in the outfield with uh, with some other guys, but that seems to have changed. And now Workinger's playing. He, he was in all eight games this week and uh, responded hitting 333 and uh, getting on base at a 429 clip had two home doubles and a home run. So, uh, so some uh, solid work from those guys. But uh, other than that, it was, um, it was kind of a slog uh, offensively. Some interesting um, developments on pitching staff, obviously everything with eight games, (laughs) it was all hands on deck in fact, they had eight separate starters for all eight games, which is kind of amazing. Uh, Adam Shoemaker uh, started the first game and was pretty good, uh, one run, four innings. And then uh, then they had uh, Giancarlos Lara and Seth Keller do a piggyback for uh, Wednesday. Um, Lara was solid, uh, four, gave him four innings, but gave up three runs. Um but I think he pitched a little bit better than maybe that line showed. But Seth Keller, again, um, four innings, and again, no runs. So he also has the pristine 0.00 ERA for the uh, month of April. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach was really good on Thursday, four innings, and that was the first game of a doubleheader, or it was going to be a doubleheader, though the second game ended up getting rained out. So um, he got four innings, which got him most of the way there. And, uh, and, uh, like I said, didn't allow any runs. The Friday doubleheader started with uh, Owen Murphy getting the start. Uh, he was he was not as sharp as he had been in his earlier um, earlier games. He was kind of missing in the zone, and his fastball was just kind of spinning up there. So uh, they put some good wood on it. Um, he managed to limit the damage okay. Ended up surrendering two runs in four innings, but. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely a start. His uh, least impressive start so far in what's otherwise been a, a pretty nice uh, opening campaign here. Uh, Nick Martinez was the spot starter in the second second game of that ser- of that doubleheader. Uh, allowed three runs and, and uh, three and two thirds. Um, but the interesting thing there is Landon Harper coming in relief. Uh, he has just been outstanding for Augusta. Uh, in this case, four and a third innings of relief and striking out six uh, scoreless innings. So 
so uh, J.R. Ritchie uh, was on Saturday, and uh, he's got kind of an ugly line, but uh, watching the game, a lot of those earned, uh, runs definitely should have been unearned. Unfortunately, they should have been unearned because of his own errors. Uh, Ritchie really struggling to throw to bases after feeling the ball. Uh, there was kind of a swing bunt that he – he pounced on pretty good and then just threw wildly and allowed a run to score in another one. He, um, he got a bouncer back and, uh, was throwing to second, which should have started as a double play, uh, and threw it into center field. Uh, the, uh, center fielder bobbled it at that point and then threw it away when trying to throw to third. So the batter got a little league inside the park home run, which bizarrely in the, box score was counted as an inside the box home uh inside the park home run when it shouldn't have been but <laughs> what can you do um uh jorge bautista piggybacked him and and was a little shaky though he did strike out seven in four innings um so um just kind of an odd game there and they ended up losing five to three uh, on Sunday, uh, that was the worst day. They, As uh, you mentioned before, they pretty much got blown out both games. Didier Fuentes started the opener, uh, really struggled right out of the gate, and then uh, Chad Bryant followed and was even worse. And then game two, uh, Jared Johnson um, made his first start of the season and his first start since September 2021, uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. So um, that was good to see. He did give up three runs in two and two-thirds, but uh, kind of cool. He got a got a start. So, yeah, because he's pitched uh, in relief some this year, and I think he's done right. pretty well. Yeah, he has. Um, so there you have eight, eight games, eight different starting pitchers, and uh, eight very differing results, um, some good, some bad. Um, but Schwellenbach again throwing well, and uh, I don't know. We we'd said he might uh, might move up. He, they're still holding him right at, at around forty pitches. So I think I said um, May first last week. I, I think they've got to at least get him up to sixty pitches before they consider moving him up. Yeah, I think I'd be time to reset that to uh, maybe Memorial Day. Kind of might be a more realistic target at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably right. All right, then that'll wrap up our affiliates. Matt, you have anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Uh, interesting week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not always the most <laughs> successful, but uh, you see some things happening there. I think Mike Soroka is kind of the, the big story at the moment, and we'll see how that fares and if he gets that start on Friday in Atlanta. All right. Make sure you check out uh, outfieldflyrule.com uh, on the uh, Farm Report online there. We have our all-April Braves minor league team. Uh, Yaxel Rios uh, heads up the uh, bullpen. Check who else is there. Uh, starting pitcher, I'm not going to tell you, but it's a guy that didn't give up any runs in May. We talked about him on this very program. And there was, but there, but there was more one than one of them. So, oh, that's true. Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and sign off. I uh, hope everybody has a great week. Have a good one. No. Ni le bien qu'on m'a fait, ni le mal, tout ça m'est bien égal. Non, rien de rien, non, je ne regrette rien, 
c'est payé, balayé, oublié. Je me fous du passé avec mes souvenirs. J'ai allumé le feu, mes chagrins, mes plaisirs. Je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours. Avec leur trémolo Balayé pour toujours Je repars à zéro Ma vie 